Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show, brought to you by Sivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. I am joined today by the Athletics Matt Barrows, and I know you guys think we're here to talk 49ers Panthers. The reality is we're here to talk about House of the Dragon, but we'll give you a little Four Dinners Panthers too. But Matt, welcome back to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I say we go Knights and Dragons instead of Panthers and 49ers on this episode. We'll, we'll split it. 95% House of the Dragon, mm-hmm. which by the way, I only realized last week that it was House of the Dragon. The dragon. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it should be House of Dragon. Game of Thrones, House of Dragon. Um, feel like, why did they stick the... The, the the in there it's like an unnecessary direct article right in the middle of the title well i had an episode when it first came out of the trace Sandler show that i with kyle titled, with kyle madsen mm. that i entitled house of shanahan and, <laughs> and realized later it should have been house of the shanahan that, that, that does make sense yeah so sure. did, did you say it makes sense then? <laughs> <laughs> like a shanahan sense um but yeah so house of the dragon i mean house of the 49ers Let's talk a little for us, Panthers. I mean, we could get really creative and compare players to. Oh, uh, well, I mean, Debo would definitely be one of the dragons. Like, oh, for the sure. one dragon you get on when you need to, like, make, you know, what's happened. Mm-hmm. You, uh, that, that'd be like the one you awaken on the beach. All of a sudden you hear Jimmy go, <laughs> Dracarys! Dracarys! <laughs> I think Debo yelled Dracarys on the Rams. Uh, yes. On Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Uh, on, on Monday. But yeah, for sure. I mean, he's the most ferocious of that group. And the guy that they always, I mean, whether it was last year in Chicago, remember that game that was like, you know, what is this team doing? Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're just kind of wobbling. They didn't start off that game very well. Bad Bears team. The season was, um, you know, in a state of flux at that point. And then they threw that uh, really easy pass to Debo, and he goes all the way down the field, almost scored. Uh, but it basically set them up for what happened in the second half of the season, and basically the same thing happened um, uh, on Monday against uh, the Rams. So basically, Debo, he's either one of the dragons or he's fully the man in charge. I can't see the king of the Iron Throne. Well, I mean, um, I just feel like he's a vehicle for House of Shanahan. Yes. yes. Like, like, like I said, he's the dragon. Like, if you okay. want to, like, burn some other team mm-hmm. to the ground you want to get your mojo going you just uh, hop aboard uh um i don't know what any of the dragons are named me neither that's but sort I of do. one of the challenges of the of the show like it's hard enough to keep track of the that's humans true. the dragons and there's like nine dragons that each has a name and a personality it's like what how are we gonna do that Football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all of your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So um, Debo is both the dragon and the Dracarys. So Shanahan would be Viserys, I suppose. Yeah, I, th- I think he's like the, 
the, the puppet master here. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to go so far as to call him Laris, who's the, um, he's sort of the little finger of this, yes. of this show. He's, he's the sort of evil guy mm-hmm. uh, in the background, sort of manipulating people. Um, although I got to show you this photo, you, you, you talk and I'll, uh, okay. It, so we're going to, we're going to talk a little bit of Panthers 49ers. Okay. This is a game. And then we are going to get back to house of the dragon. So I don't want anyone to worry. At least all Matt. I don't want you to worry. I don't want the audience well, to worry. I feel like I, I agreed to this thinking that we would do all House of the Dragon. I now now we, I'm finding there's going to be a lot of 49ers stuff. I think we said 5%, 95% in our text exchange about this. So yes, I think we did. We'll just do, do a little bit of it because I would like to know really who you think Baker Mayfield quarterback of the oh, Carolina God. Panthers is to the show. Who's the whiniest Joffrey. Yeah, he's Joffrey. He's Joffrey. You think he's that? Well, Joffrey was so Well, evil. it's just the whining and the entitlement. I just didn't. That's I true. mean, I always, I thought, and I was ready to write this um, at some point, but I never got a chance to, was that the way that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, um, comported himself mm-hmm. um, was way more mature than several other quarterbacks. Um, including you know, Baker Mayfield. Including, and, and Baker Mayfield may be at the top of the list. Just going on social media and complaining and doing all the backbiting. Um, I don't know. I just, I just thought there was a, a dignity um, with which um, Jimmy went through it that we're definitely not seeing from, from Baker Mayfield. So yeah, somebody petulant, somebody who complains a lot. Um, one of the Joffrey. younger, younger guys. I'm not going to say the, the window kid from this one that's, that that's a little disturbing that's disturbing scene a- Aegon I think that's Aegon a- Th- that is the man yes Aegon the older brother I wrote yeah. it down right there um, mm-hmm. so yeah but um yeah and then um really that that team uh, kind of lacks personality uh, and and wins and and production they yeah, lack a lot and, of things and talent. and talent there's a lot of things that are lacking on that team they do have christian mccaffrey really right. good i was gonna say he's the one that's that's who the the offense goes through and, and i think there's an element um and, and we saw this with uh, russell wilson and the, and the broncos of a new quarterback coming in and mm-hmm. i think it's it just takes a little little bit of time for them to kind of get a rhythm going but they they definitely don't have it yet and Boy, it's just not a, a, a lot of firepower on that team. Speaking of dragons and fire, <laughs> um, the, the wide receivers are both okay. DJ Moore, uh, Robbie Anderson, they're they're good, but they don't really have that element that uh, that the 49ers have. No, they definitely don't. And I think the 49ers defense is going to have a bit of a field day with that team, especially our, our good friend Nick Bosa. Um, I don't know why I called him our good friend, but I'm going to anyways. Good friend Nick Bosa, who he and Baker Mayfield have a thing anyway, yes. dating back to college when Nick Bosa went to that school that we won't mention. But there was a thing going back to college, and then there was the 2019 Monday Night Football game, and that was the thing with the flag. And you guys can't see me, but I'm, do- I'm doing the Bosa motion with the flag. So I imagine... So I asked a friend the other day how many sacks he thought Bosa would have. He said two. I said a million. I'm sticking with my prediction. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to go all prices right on you and, and go with uh, under uh, a million. But, yeah, I mean, you can you can definitely see him going off. I mean, I, I thought um, so many pressures that he had against the Rams. Um, and, and one of his sacks was really Eric Armstead gets a, a huge assist for it. He basically... Mm-hmm. Um, took two guys. It was that the stunt that they that they ran, um, and then the other part of it was that the Rams were on their their third string center. In yeah. That game. So the Rams were, you know, the Forty ers have been vulnerable 
along the offensive line. The Rams were even more so in that game, and the 49ers were just taking advantage of that. They were sending blitzes up the middle. They were attacking the soft belly uh, of that of that Rams offensive line. I don't think the Panthers line is that bad, but uh, we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I think the, the key to sacks is getting a lead and basically kind of uh, taking Christian McCaffrey out of the game as a runner um, and, and then just kind of unleashing Dracarys on, uh, <laughs> on Baker Mayfield. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that's what the 49ers hope will happen. Here's a take. I don't, it's not a hot take because I think it could very well happen. I'm going to call this, I'm going to call this the Mooney Ward game. I think this is the game where we see like two interceptions, maybe more. Yeah. The problem with that is that they just don't throw at him very often. But uh, if they do, I, I think they're going to be quote unquote, uh, this isn't a quote. I don't even know why I said that. I think they're going to be on their heels. I think the makers, Baker's yes. going to be on his heels. I think the Furnace are going to bring a lot of pressure. He's going to throw it up and he's going to do what I mean, he, he's Baker, going to pull a James Winston. Is, is basically absolutely. What you're and he, and, or I'm just going to say, he's going to pull a Baker Mayfield. He has a tendency <laughs> to do Ma- this too. Or Matthew Stafford. Or Matthew Stafford. Like he really has that tendency as well to, I feel like with Baker Mayfield, what I've watched him, which is of course not like a ton just because we're busy on Sundays and stuff. But when I have really watched Baker Mayfield, I see him in these big games where he's like, he'll play so well with a down and he'll bring him back. And then he will throw an interception at the end to just lose it all. And I kind of feel like I don't think that I don't know that this game is going to be that close, but uh, I just feel like he could go ahead and, and Baker Mayfield. So I'm just going to say it's the Mooney Ward game. Maybe it's not the Mooney Ward game, but if it is, everybody will be so happy. It, and they will be, and especially Mooney Ward, uh, who, <laughs> who Mooney does, Ward. doesn't get a lot of animal. He threw it him twice uh, uh, in the Rams game. Uh, one of them was in the end zone. He knocked it away. And I think the other one was just like a little small throw in front of him but i mean that's that's sort of what you're what you're after yeah just a guy who just takes away one half of the field and and he's done that so far um but yeah i i totally agree with you i can i can definitely see i mean this is all sort of contingent on the one missing element of the 49ers which is that they haven't been scoring a lot of points and the offense is still finding itself so um that would be something to for them to discover in carolina which would put that pressure on uh, Baker Mayfield to throw the ball a lot, and then the 49ers can kind of it sort of plays right into their hands, and then he's kind of throwing those those back foot throws, and uh, and then you see number seven going down the the, the sideline for a for a TD. Um, yeah, yeah, that what the scenario you just painted reminds me of Week One in Tampa in 2019 mm-hmm. when that happened to Jameis Winston, and um, it just snowballed on him, and he just got worse and worse and worse as the game went on. And I feel like that could very well happen to Baker, who's been struggling quite a bit with Panthers. Do you not like Baker Mayfield? I just find him, you know, <laughs> I find him to be petulant, as we said at the beginning, and whiny. And I just think the way he's conducted himself. And, and here's here's my struggle. You know what I love for those Baker Mayfield commercials? The ones with the house. Yeah. The yeah. Love it. Absolutely love. And I want to like Baker Mayfield. I think that's the other thing. It's not that I'm mad at him. I'm just disappointed yeah. because I've really wanted to like him. And then he's just kind of exactly what everybody thought. And I just don't have a lot of patience for it, especially in light of, as you were saying, the way Jimmy Garoppolo conducted himself versus the way Baker Mayfield and many others have conducted their themselves. Also, I really wanted him to be a better quarterback than he is. And again, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. And he's proven to be just kind of middle of the road, maybe mediocre, mediocre. And so... That's, so, I mean, I don't know him. I don't want to, like, really throw stones, but I feel like I'm throwing them, and I can't help myself. He's disappointed me. Yeah. I'm sorry, um, Baker. Yeah, you're right. If, <laughs> if you have that 
kind of swagger that he has, which is good. I mean, and I think everybody sort of responds to that. That's why he's good in those commercials because he has personality. Mm-hmm. But you need to, you need to have the talent to back it up, and, yes. and that's uh, we haven't quite seen that. And, and I guess everybody knew that coming out of college. I mean, he's not a big guy, not a fast guy. He doesn't have a huge arm. Um, but, um, you know, he's one of these guys that have good command and, and can mm-hmm. kind of run an offense and have, have the personality for it. But, uh, boy, I don't know if, if personality is, uh, is enough in this league. You need to have a little, little something extra. Personality will not win you games. Personality with talent will get you respect and may actually win you games because people will trust you more mm. if you have a personality to go with that talent. Personality will get you commercial deals. Yes. But then I could also make the argument that if it's all personality and over time, there really isn't a lot of talent, the commercial deals maybe go away. I'm not saying I want that to happen because I want Baker to live a very happy life, lucrative, happy life. Oh, I just I think feel he's, he's, just, I think he's probably fine. So we're good there. He's just disappointed me a little bit. And I just obviously have not been able to hide it on this podcast. And I just feel it's been a little cathartic being able to like just let it out. <laughs> so <laughs> well, good. You know, this is, we're, we're covering so many different things here. It's uh, part, um, you know, a therapy session, mm-hmm. part TV, part, you know, television drama, part and sports. Part sports. This is, well, I mean, that really kind of encompasses Tracy Sandler. So <laughs> here we are. Now, there are a couple of things I think we must just mention. We would be remiss not to. One of those things is both Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw not participating in Fort Aaron's practice Wednesday and Thursday. So remains to be seen that a defensive line is a place where they're very, they have a lot of depth, but these are not two people that you want to miss a long time. Kind of curious on this Javon Kinlaw thing and how long this goes and just how serious it is. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, uh, we were watching him warm up mm-hmm. or, 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 or try to make a case. I think that's the best way to phrase and he it. He was, he did look he like was, he was he trying was to make a case. Making a case to play on Monday. So he, he, he was, you know, first with the medical staff, and then Chris Kacarek and D'Amico Ryans came out. And I thought it was clear that he was he was laboring. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I couldn't hear what Kacarek and Ryan were saying, but they were talking to each other. And I think they were they were saying that, like, this guy's not not ready to play. And then they went up to Javon and Javon very glumly walked off the field. You know, he's kind of zipped his whole head up in his hoodie so he's just kind of like had a mm-hmm. little little eye hole and then you know dejectedly walked off the field uh so i mean that's not great uh it's apparently in the, in the same knee that was repaired last year and i know the 49ers had hoped that okay we're gonna get this um this acl taken care of one fell swoop we're gonna you know bite the bullet and he's gonna miss the season but he's gonna be great from that point on. And, and so this is, uh, this is a disappointment. Um, you know, I, I, but I was thinking that with, with Mike McGlinchey too, remember he, he came back from the, the quad injury. He practiced a little bit and played just a scant number of snaps in that preseason opener this year against the Packers. And then he had irritation in the knee. I'm like, Oh boy, that's not mm-hmm. a good sign, but that's the last we've heard of it. So sure. it, it doesn't necessarily, um, uh, mean that, uh, it, you know, it, it, something more ominous is happening. But, um, you know, I, I think the 49ers, I think Kinlaw had hoped that they were past it at this point. Yeah. And I'm sure for Kinlaw, it is really frustrating. And I understand him making his case. And, you know, he's been hurt since he got in the league and he's been playing at a high level. So hopefully it's not anything too serious. But, you know, I think we will 
we'll obviously see. We'll know more on Friday when, or later today, as, as this comes out on Friday. So later today when Kyle Shanahan does the injury report, but kind of see how that plays out. But then the foreigners have some additions this week. Practice windows open for safety Jimmy Ward and cornerback Jason Varez. So those are interesting. I mean, the secondary wouldn't it, if everybody actually is healthy and good to go, it's a little bit all of a sudden an embarrassment of riches in a place that was a disaster for so many years. Yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> and it's so funny to look at the contrast between last year, you know, with uh, Joukowsky Tart dropping that interception and then Hufanga getting one from Stafford and, and taking it all the way back. Um, but uh, yeah, to me, that's sort of the most interesting thing that's happening this week because in most NFL cities, you get you know, Jason Verrett and Jimmy Ward coming back. And it's like, holly, hallelujah, this is great. This is great for our team. Um, and that's the that's the vibe here. But it's, then it's like, okay, okay, but where do we... Where are they going? Where do we, we, we put these guys? And if we have to take somebody out of the lineup, are we sort of disrupting this wonderful chemistry that has been so obvious uh, over the first four games? So um, the 49ers have to get creative, Um you know, some people have thought, okay, maybe Jimmy Ward plays nickel. They, they were nickel the entire game against mm-hmm. the Rams, even though the Rams had some formations that didn't really call for a nickel defense. But the 49ers were nickel because they they trust those guys so much to play. Ward's played nickel in the past. Um, that would be a way to get him and uh, Talano Hufanga and Tashawn Gibson on the field mm-hmm. 100% of the time. Um, and, and, and Ward could do it because he's... Um, you know, uh, physical enough to kind of play around the line of scrimmage like a linebacker, and he's really good in coverage as well. Um, somebody today was saying, okay, why don't we just make, why don't the 49ers just make Talano Hufanga the, the strong side linebacker, which was what out, uh, Aziz was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aziz is out for two months, maybe. Mm-hmm. So um, Hufanga sort of plays like a linebacker. He looks like a linebacker. Anyway, that would be a way to get him a lot of reps and to sort of take care of, um, you know, allow him to play at his best spot somewhere around the line of scrimmage as well. So there are some kind of creative ways that they could get all of these guys in flow, but boy, it's hard to see each of those guys getting a lot of snaps. And, and then if you do that and sort of piecemeal and you get too cute, then you sort of lose the magic that they had right. at the start of the season. And I think you make a really good point. There's something to be said for chemistry and that magic. And, and sure. it's so it's so important. And the thing is, the longer a group plays together, the more chemistry they have. And you don't want to mess with it. And it's interesting because when you go back to last season, when they were three and five, and I had asked Shanahan at one point was, you know, had they thought about playing Lance? And one of the reasons that he hadn't is things changed. And then they're you know, obviously right. things turned around. But one of the things he talked about with like a Trey Lance, with an Aaron Banks, with a few different people was that he didn't want to mess with the chemistry that this team all of a sudden started to have. And this is an interesting time because you have them, they're going to Carolina. Then they have the week of practices at the Greenbrier. So it's a lot of togetherness. And then they have the game in Atlanta. And I don't think these are two games that you want to mess with because they're the kinds of games. If you start messing around and getting too cute, you lose. And these are not games you want to lose. No, I mean, and, and everybody's thinking that, okay, these are, these are almost like bi-week games. Like, okay, maybe you rest Eric Armstead for the, these two weeks and maybe you do this, maybe you do that. 
so so easy to lose these games. Oh, um, so easy. I mean, the, the Panthers beat the Saints in week one. They look really good. So, I mean, they can get hot. And if the 49ers, it's so funny. After the, the Broncos game, people were jumping off of bridges around here, thinking like, the, the season's over. This is, this is 2020 all over again. This team has no mojo, nothing. They beat the Rams, and it's the, the, the total opposite. But a loss to either the... Panthers or the Falcons will have everybody um, uh, griping once again very quickly and everything will look very doom and gloomy. So, um, yeah, it just kind of vacillates wildly from week to week. Well, and these are the kinds of games, maybe not so much the Panthers, but maybe, but these are the kind of games that the Fortniters are prone to losing. This team loves to play down to the level of its competition and let them hang around and then they hang around long enough sure. to win. And you saw that in week one, and I know there was a monsoon, but my argument to that is still going to be that both teams had to play in the monsoon. So I know there was the monsoon and Dante Pettis, and how do you defend that guy? But I think you just, you can't, you know? Hurricane Dante. Hurricane, yeah. There you go, Hurricane Dante. But I think these are the kind of games that they could be prone to losing. I don't think they're going to lose them. I had a hot take a couple weeks ago after Denver that kind of jokingly made a bet with John Dickinson that they'd win, they'd beat the Rams, then lose to the Panthers and the Falcons, which would just be so them. I don't really think that that's going to happen. But I think especially the Falcons game, has that, that's a game that you want to be careful of. I mean, obviously, they're, they're not in a position to take any game not seriously. But I think these are things to keep in mind. But I want to talk about one other chemistry piece before we move to House of the Dragon, which is what we're really all here yeah, for. Yeah, right, exactly. And that I feel is, ripped off here. I know, we're going we're gonna to get to it, and then it's going to be like all dragons all the time, Dracarys, fire, all the things that are going, because I do have some things on that I want to discuss with you. Um, but <laughs> there's some noise behind us. But uh, the offensive line. So you have left tackle, Trent Williams out for an unspecified amount of time. Nobody really want, knows or wants to say at the moment. You know, Colton McKivitz out of the MCL thing is so interesting to me because I feel like every week someone... Yeah, MCL, it's, and it's then the, the uh, injury of the year It's them. the injury of the year, and the way that Shanahan explains it is like it's similar to what so-and-so has because there's so many of them that right, have it. We all automatically understand. You're okay, like, oh, okay, so two months. months. Got it. <laughs> Got it. So you Colton McKivitz out, so now Jalen Moore comes in. I mean, that actually, that left tackle position, I believe, did not allow a single pressure on Monday night, which is pretty impressive considering, but they've got some issues on that offensive line. And I, I say they bring up chemistry because there's a position group that really needs chemistry and it's just a lot of moving and shaking over there. Yeah, for sure. And we we're just talking about how sort of plain Jane, the, the Panthers are, they don't really have a lot of superstars, but one guy that does fit that um, description is, is Brian Burns, who's a pass rusher. And um, I don't know if they move him around like the 49ers do Bosa, but he's a guy that could be opposite Jalen Moore in this game, opposite Mike McGlinchey in this game. So that would be problematic. Um, you know, I, I feel like the 49ers really sort of address the offensive line against the Rams by just calling a lot of quick passes. I mean, the ball was out of Jimmy Garoppolo's hand, um, you know, very rapidly in that game. And so mm -hmm. you're not going to get a lot of pressures and sacks when that happens. Um, and the other part about the Rams is that, uh, you know, they've got Aaron Donald, but boy, gee, they don't, I mean, there's no Von Miller anymore. That mm -hmm. looked very ordinary to they me. Um, I didn't think Ashawn Robinson and the nose tackle um, had very good games. So um, I don't know if it was just a sort of an off, off game for them, but the, the, it didn't seem like the 49ers offensive line was being challenged quite as much as, as they had been. So, I don't think that'll be the case in, in uh, Carolina. I think it'll be a bigger challenge. And then 
you know, Jalen Moore at left tackle, sort of a mystery guy. He I was, love a mystery. He was <laughs> he was good. I mean, remember early last year, he was he was uh, starting for Mike McGlinchey a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He started for Trent Williams early in the year, and sort of the, the line on him was, "Wow, what a great start!" He's a rookie. Yeah, what a great start to his career. Very promising. This is you know one of the tackles of the future. And then he just went missing, and he got um, leapfrogged by um, Colton McKibbitts by the end of the season. And McKibbitts hadn't even made the initial roster, and he was on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it was McKibbitts in at left tackle in that gotta-win-it mm-hmm. game in L- L.A. in Week 18, mm-hmm. and not Jalen Moore. So um, it, he's, he's had a kind of a strange, <laughs> it's only been... Uh, uh, a year and four games into his career, but he's been up and down. Now he's back up again. So um, by necessity, by necessity, uh, and I don't think obviously he's not the first choice. He's not the second choice. Um, he's he's number three there. So that's that's a probably an underappreciated storyline going into this this week. I mean, which 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 guy's going to show up? The guy who was great last year, or the guy who couldn't even uh, last seven snaps against the Denver Broncos? He was terrible. He was awful. He was not ready to play in that game. No offense, Jalen. Sorry, not to call it Baker Mayfield, honey, but he was he was absolutely terrible. But he, however he is, he's the guy. So they're going to need him to to figure it out and fast. Okay, enough of this football talk. Let's get back to House of the Dragon. All right. Okay, so I what have a got? question. Okay, so I guess this is something that happened with Game of Thrones. You know, in the beginning with Game of Thrones, when um, oh my gosh, I can't remember their oh it was Cersei and. What's her twin brother's name? What is wrong? Jamie. Jamie. So when they were sleeping together, we were all horrified. Okay. It was as what we should be. Now I just feel like incest is just like a thing in this world and everybody's just accepted. And it's just how it goes. Yeah. I mean, um, that opening episode of uh, Game of Thrones, they were caught in the act. Mm-hmm. So we didn't, we weren't really prepared for it. Yeah. So they, they had, they did a little bit, I forget what episode it was, but where, Damon takes his niece out onto the town and they yes. they start uh, uh, hooking up in some weird brothel place. Yeah. Probably not the best spot to take your niece, I wouldn't think. But I think there were a lot of things he did with his niece on that adventure that maybe weren't the best. Yeah, plan. right. So <laughs> I, I guess it wasn't startling because they sort of eased us into it a little bit more. And, you know, we, we did see the in, in incest scenes in um, Game of Thrones uh, over the course of, what, six, seven seasons. So... We, we sort of become um, accustomed to it. We have, we become accustomed to it. Desensitized. I remember there was that. Desensitized. That's true. With, there was that scene with Cersei and Jamie where she said to him, which actually that was kind of a funny scene about Joffrey, where she said, do you think like there's something, do you think because we're brother and sister, there's something like really wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> he starts to tease our child. Do you think we were like really, it was like something really, which I would say the answer to that question would be yes. Well, didn't, was, didn't they make love like in front of his dead body at one point? Or yeah, one of their, like they one of their the sons? Yeah. But yeah, I think they might. Oh gosh, it's so weird. Yeah, so, it's so I mean, weird. Nothing's going to freak us out at this point. <laughs> this is a good point. Though I was still a little grossed out like a lot by Renera and Damon. Okay. Um, the... Damon, who is, by the way, is, is Prince Philip from, from the crown, from the crown. Yes. And that took me a couple episodes. Yeah, me too. Like, oh, my gosh. It's Prince Philip. Me too. He was adorable as Prince Prince Philip. Yeah. He's less adorable. As yes. Damon. Exactly. <laughs> adorable <laughs> is the way that I would describe him. But as Prince Philip, downright adorable. Uh, but so they're now married and they have faked the death of her husband. 
Right. Um, and he is off on his way. Laner. Laner with his boyfriend. They're going to, where are they Carl. going? Uh, some, I don't know, uh, across the narrow sea somewhere. I love that you wrote everyone's names now because I was just like, oh, I'm just going to throw out descriptions. It's Carl without a U. I mean, usually like um, Quantrez uh, Knight has a Q-U in there. Oh, and he's just Carl. He's just Carl. Q-A-R-L. Carl. Oh. Carl Corey. Carl Corey. You know Carl? I mean, Carl I know from him. work. <laughs> you guys, Carl Corey is actually the backup left tackle to Jalen Ward. <laughs> you guys might not know that, but keep an eye out for him. <laughs> He's, right. <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> well, so I was reading about that because uh, I like to read the recaps. Mm-hmm. And one of the recaps said that in the books, uh, which is like the Bible for, for how these, th- these things happen, mm-hmm. um, Lenore is killed. I mean, there's no question about whether oh. it's a, an imposter body or not. So the, this is an example of the show going off in a direction that the books haven't put forth. And I loved it. I mm-hmm. mean, I thought that was the best. I think it was great. That was the best scene where he, he's in that boat and he shaved his head and um, they're, they're heading out to parts unknown. But, you know, he's got a look in his eye like, OK, maybe this guy factors because he's been such a drip to this point. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's a player in this Game of Thrones that that they're playing. So uh, just that adds another kind of element. Uh, well, another... he's going to he's going to come back. There's no way. Because oh, I hope the, so. But... There, there's just no way. Like, they've got to have a plan for that because it's too... I, I, I don't know. It's too a traumatic a move yeah. not to. But I mean, Game of Thrones sort of did that sometimes. There'd be a, a character that you really loved, you, uh, and you said, "Okay, this guy's gonna, this guy's gonna factor in." Um, and and they they didn't. They just kind of faded away. I just think I don't. I just think it'll be interesting that something will happen, and then he will reappear, and then her claim to the throne perhaps is question. I don't know. I'll be interested to see. I'm not sure if Viserys is ever going to die because since. We've been in the show now, what, ten, I guess 10 years or so have passed. Uh, and Viserys has been on the verge of death the entire yes. time. And he is still going is. very strong. So I don't really know what's going to happen there. But I want to talk about Alicent because I have a theory and I don't think it's a, I'm not, it's not like a very hot take. And I don't think it's like the most genius theory, but I've seen a lot of, I've seen people online being why, why is she so mad? Why is she so upset? And I think the answer is because, Renera has gotten to do whatever she wanted and Allison went with duty and she did not. And she's married to this man who's a gazillion years older than yeah. her. I'm big into hyperbole today. There's gonna be like a million stacks <laughs> on Sunday. He's a gazillion years old. She's the queen. But look at Renera has got to just kind of go out and live her life and have a good time and do all the things. And Allison has had to be there uh, coupling, so to speak, <laughs> with Viserys all these years. And she's always done you know, what is right and her duty. And I feel like she's just jealous in that. Well, I mean, Renera was sort of born in, I mean, she's got the blood of mm-hmm. the, the Targaryen And there's that, blood. of course. She can ride dragons. Mm-hmm. And Allison was just sort of, um, you know, she's the daughter of the hand. So she's not really royal blood. It's just more of like a political But uh, she made connection. that comment the other night. She said to her, she said something to her about, but what about your duty before she knifed her? She said, what about your duty? Why haven't you? And I, I, that to me, I was like, yeah, I think she's mad. I mean, there's a lot of things, reasons. But they didn't seem to have this this uh, headbutting thing when they were just friends and Allison yeah, wasn't right. married to her dad. Right, yeah. Which, I mean, naturally, that would be an issue. Allison right? seemed to know that she was below Renera just in the pecking order. Mm-hmm. Um, but now she's um, decided that she's not and her kids aren't. And, and I think that's the, the explanation. As once your kids get involved, I'm like, all bets are off. 
the cray comes out. Well, in um, the little finger of this episode, what Laris? Laris. So he, I think he brought the cray out too because oh, yeah. Allison really had just accepted that Renero was going to be queen, and then he was like, "Oh no, no, Aegon, man, right? Let's make this happen, right?" Um, once they, once she starts having kids, and you know, it, it seems like the kids are going to get short trip. The kids are going to get murdered. Yes, that's her thing. Is that her kids well, are going to get murdered? It's going to be a claim her issue. Her right. That. Right. So people are sort of pushing her around and she's sort of, um, you know, living down to that. Uh, like when the 49ers play down to the level of their competition. <laughs> you you, you are welcome, guys. Bringing it all <laughs> call back. call that a segue? <laughs> um, the New York Times review did not like the knife scene. They thought that was over the top and it was unneeded. Um, I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that, too, because, I mean, I think the point of the whole knifing is to very plainly draw the lines. Like if you look in, in the room at that time, you know, one faction is on one side of the room, mm-hmm. the other is on the other side, and the poor king is, is somewhere in between. But that was already there. I mm-hmm. mean, I don't think it was, um, it, it needed to be underscored the way it did. And I thought, you know, is this going to lead to her death? Is she going like, to get sepsis or something from this knife wound? And it didn't. So it didn't really no, and go anywhere I... unless, unless that scar comes back. And I don't know. Whether whether and, they they laid that egg there for it to kind of hatch at some other point, like the dragons, like a dragon. Well, I wonder. You know, she'd made the comment to her father where she said, "Now the rumors already starting that I'm mad." I'm wondering if what the knife scene will do that will come up later, where she yes. they can see. You know, Allison, she's like she's lost it. She's well, there's the a, mad, queen there's a mad king, right? Because there's a mad king, but I can't. I have no but idea. It's much later. Yeah, right. I think it's much. Later. But I don't know. I don't even know what line it's going to attach to. Whether it's Allison's line or Rhaenyra's line or Damon and Rhaenyra's line. Because the Mad King was Targaryen. Yes. Okay. But there's Targaryen blood on both sides of yes. the family now because Allison's because everybody's sleeping Allison's, together. <laughs> right. Is married to Viserys. Right. And he's a Targaryen. Yes. So now there's Targaryen blood everywhere, except Allison does not, as we said, does not have Targaryen blood. I also was like, I wondered, and I guess obviously this, this did not happen, but it felt a little treasonous to knife the future queen. Yes. And I thought, well, now is she going to have to go ahead and get beheaded? <laughs> well, she is the queen, so. She, like how I say things in this world, it's so casual. <laughs> so is she going to have to just go ahead and get beheaded? Like what happens? Like so casual, like it's nothing. <laughs> it's totally fine. The, the, the scene I liked the most was um, when the second son, not the window masturbator son, but his yeah. little brother, who I like better. I'd like that guy to be uh, king. I, I, I'm into him. He's a really good actor. He is. Um, he's sneaking around on the beach. And I thought at first he was going to... he saw them. Rhaenyra's yes. and Damon. I thought that that's what the story I, was going to be. I thought that what, he was going to find them canoodling in the tent. And mm-hmm. then they were going to have to make like a, a Jamie Cersei decision mm-hmm. to push him out the window. Um, which obviously, you know, drove the, the storyline for Game of Thrones for seasons and seasons. But instead he goes up to the dragon and then... Um, you know, the, the dragon apparently has to kind of sense something in you in order to let you ride it. And he did. So he really kind of seizes the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, he, I think he's going to be the, the, the one to watch um, mm-hmm. moving forward. I think you're right. Do we know what his name is? His name is Amond. 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 Yes. And he's got a weird sister and a weird brother. He does have and, he, a and he's got one eye now. So he's got one what eye. What a weird family. <laughs> one eye. Oh my gosh, I gotta say something about the weird sister. So you guys, you wouldn't know this about me, and please nobody use you it like against bugs. I do not. No. I do I am I am like 
deathly afraid of spiders. Arachnophobia. Yes, massively. In fact, I think our colleague Cam Imnen thought that that was like something funny that he could use against me around <laughs> Halloween. And I explained to him in like no uncertain terms. It would not be, yeah, it would not be funny. You. What you saw in those knifing scenes will be, I will get my own dragon and I will just <laughs> the hell out of everybody. Like I, it is like my grace. So every scene with her, I'm like, first of all, this is, I can't watch it. So then my other thing is I sometimes faint with blood stuff. So like this, I got to say like the last couple episodes, have How been is very this your difficult. favorite show? I know I have to shut my eyes a lot. Uh, but in the last couple of episodes have been really difficult for me, but the weird sister with the spiders is like really creeping me out. And she, he does, he has a More weird than brother. The, than the window masturbating brother. Well, he's just, I just think he's like a <laughs> doofus. I think the brother, of course, and this always happens on these shows where the guy, the firstborn is like, and he's supposed to be the king is like such just right. a, like a doofus right. and like a drip and like wah, wah, not drip in a good way like but just like wah, wah. and then the second son is like the guy so i think Amon might have to go ahead and kill aegon oh wow okay or maybe aegon will just kind of you know um it'll be a, a darwinism thing and he just won't kind of make it to, to old age maybe. although he did say the sort of the most plain thing um leave it to the the weirdo older brother and they're like did you tell your your you know your brother to say that you know the your cousins are oh and he said we all know are, it it's like ah, uh, it's obvious everybody knows <laughs> it, it. Like, and, it, and finally it was sort of out and and the king kind of had to deal with it and he was so kind of weak i mean i thought it was really good acting but he was trying to keep everybody together but you could just you could just tell that it wasn't there was no traction i mean it is ridiculous saying. you look at those two kids like I mean, they, they, I look more Targaryen because I got my blonde hair. Like that's, that's what it, you know, they, those two kids, they look like the poor knight that died. Um, not Sir Kristen with the other one. Harwin Strong. Yes. That's a good Harwin, thing I have. You didn't know that I was Harwin Strong? Oh, Though also, Are you not I, paying attention? I mean, clearly not close enough attention. And also Harwin Strong is a fantastic name. I'm yeah, sorry he died. Yeah. That yeah. would have been a, that's a really good name. Harwin yeah. Strong. Uh, I might name my kid Harwin Strong. Harwin Strong is a great name. And I think that I thought that Harwin Strong was a more, um, you know, sort of they, they want the guy that I call Mr. Handsome. Sir, Sir Kristen. Kristen. I'm not. They want him. Mr. Kristen to be like the buff, mm-hmm. the handsome guy. But he's I don't know. I, I He's the one character that I don't think that they cast very well. I agree. He's just and he's I don't know. He's just very misplaced. And I don't like even when he's supposed to be kind of sarcastic and he, he overdoes it he uh, i used to here's a fun fact guys i used to be an actress for about a minute and a half and With barbie well i was the voice of barbie oh. so there was the voice of barbie was that was longer but i also like right out of college was like i'm gonna be i'm gonna be an actress and that quickly changed and i became the voice of barbie i was like this is much better and i and now what i do is much better but there was a, a term they would use for what he does it's indicating He's not oh. acting, he's indicating. Oh. And I feel like he does a lot of that. Can like, you give me an example of indicating? Like the other, when this came up in the scene the other day when they were talking about um, the kids not, clearly not being the biological ch- children of L- Laner. Did I get his yes, name? Yes, okay. Yes, killing it here. Uh, he kind of scoffed, but he overdid it. He was like, yeah. huh. But it was like too much. It was, in, especially for that time period and in that show that would have worked really well on like Saved by the Bell or something like that. Yeah, right. Or on right. that, that yeah. type of show. Which, yeah, with a laugh track or something like yes, that. Yes, like, oh, but it just, it felt too much to me. And so he was, I felt he was indicating. I think he's too handsome. Uh, my theory about handsome people is that they don't really have to work as hard as non-handsome people. Like, 
things just kind of fall into place. And so they're like, oh, we got to cast this guy. He's a dreamboat. And uh, see the Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think Jimmy Garoppolo works really hard. Why well, I, I, I wasn't even go there? Wow! But Jimmy Garoppolo works really hard, and and really, I think, really works hard and, and loves his craft. But I just was going to go on the handsome side of it. Yeah, they're both very handsome. But then that's where the similarities end. That's where the similarities end. Yeah, so it ties back to our. He actually kind of looks though, like Jimmy Garoppolo, though. Now that we bring it he's up, he's dark, he's darker complexion. Yeah, for I'm sure. I'm gonna take a look at his jawline next week. But I just don't think they did a good job with his character because early on in the ep- episodes, he was this very loyal guy, sort of just, you know, uh, doting on Renera as like, you know, that, that's what yeah, his job he is. Hell hath no fury like a sir. I guess Kristen so. Because he came to her and said, I want to marry you. Let's run away. We can be together. And she was like, oh, yeah, no, I didn't really see you that way. Yeah. I thought you'd be my side piece. But they, they, they never hinted at that ego early on. He, he was seemed very humble. Pissed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, what? You're not going to go with me? This, he's a nobody. But he got scorned. His heart got hurt. I guess so. Hell hath no fury like so. a Sir Kristen scorned. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they're playing it up. But I just don't think that they they established they, they've been establishing everything really yeah. well for a long haul for many many episodes which i think is great mm-hmm. um but that one i thought was a little bit rushed and, and didn't quite work yeah i, I that's I my one critique you. my one critique you know what i th- no, but I, I don't think you're wrong and i would like to just clarify that jimmy garoppolo look, works extremely hard and cares very deeply about his craft i was just going on the fact that they're both handsome yeah they're both handsome that's true so we'll give him that who would Jimmy Garoppolo be as a game of or House of the Dragon character? House of the Dragon character. I mean, it'd be somebody that we root for, but doesn't. I mean, and there are many, many characters. This is most of the people in, in in Game of Thrones, House of the Dragon, that just kind of fall short of, you know, get stabbed in the back at the last minute. Oh, I know the brother. Here, I got it. The Stark oldest brother who we think is going to kind of Rob, lead, Rob, Rob oh, with two yeah. Bs, is going to kind of lead the revenge mm-hmm. and he's doing so well on the battlefield. And then he just gets knifed in the back at, um, at that the red, red wedding. wedding. That was yeah. oh, that wedding. Yeah. Not the kind of wedding you want to go to. That so, one was rough. So basically, Jimmy Garoppolo's red wedding is draft day 2021. When oh, they, wow. <laughs> when they, uh, when they draft Trey Lance number three overall. Oh, Wow. I actually think it's March 26th when they trade up to draft Trey Lance. Well, I mean, it's it's the same. Uh, it's it the same the, motion. It is. It's the same. Wow, that was so, not bad, huh? Not bad at all. It kind of it kind of hurt my heart a yeah. lot. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm a little bit, I'm a little sad. Yeah, wow. somebody you root for. He's a stand up mm-hmm. guy, doing everything right. But who's Amon on the 49ers? Damon on the 49ers. not Damon. Amon. We'll get oh Amon. Uh, who's Amon in the show? <laughs> He's one eye. Oh, we're, one we're, eye. Oh. With his new... His... Kittle, I'd say his name. Because Kittle's like a little bit crazy. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and he uses his crazy to his advantage. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, and and he's got blonde hair. Oh, he could be a, a Targaryen. We, we should look at his, his lineage. Uh, <laughs> Kittle. <laughs> you guys... I bet he can ride a dragon. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind he could ride a dragon. There's <laughs> absolutely... If you, had, if you said to me, you have to pick one person on this team who could ride a dragon... A hundred percent George yeah. Kittle. Oh, yeah. Not he even talks to dragons. Yeah. For he sure. could speak that Valerian thing. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. In fact, he might. We have to ask about that later. All right. I'm going to make, I'm doing one more. Make two more. Okay. Who's Renera and who's Damon? Renera and Damon. Um, Renera has to be somebody young. 
um, who's who's kind of been through a, a ringer I- even in their first one or two seasons. Mm-hmm. So who would fit that? Um, um, but who's a winner, right? Oh yeah, oh so yeah, Talanoa? for sure. Yeah, Talanoa. Mm-hmm. Talanoa. Although everything's been uh, coming up roses for Talanoa. Yeah, but with Renera, everything at the end of the day does still come up roses. She's oh, still the- I don't know. Well, I guess that's who she is. Well, I don't I mean, know. She's kind of got to She's had her cake and eating it too. Right. She gets her job early, mm-hmm. and then as soon as she gets her job, everybody's she knows that people are going to be gunning to take it away. So uh, it would have to be somebody that sort of fits that. And then does does maybe maybe he's uh, maybe she's uh, Spencer Burford who uh, starter for the first four games, and all of a sudden, as soon as uh, Brunskill gets healthy, they're they're rotating him in and out. Maybe. Maybe Spencer Burford is Renera. <laughs> Spencer, do you see yourself as uh, as a Renera Targaryen? Targaryen. <laughs> and, and then Damon, oh boy, he's just such a uh, uh, a vicious character. I don't, I don't know if I know anybody. No, because it wouldn't have to. Like we wouldn't have to. I think we'd have to change it. Not the viciousness, but the uh, maybe resolve. Yeah. I'd have to, you'd have to go that way. Cause I don't, yeah, no, nobody vicious like that. Maybe just somebody with that kind of resolve to get things done. Yeah. To I think about think of, that. I can't think of one. You guys feel free to tweet at us. Yeah. 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 What, what are you, what are your, uh, what are your, thoughts? What are your matchups, uh, your parallels between 49ers and house of the dragon? Uh, before we go, it's Friday. We haven't done this in a while cause I've been very 49ers focused, but, um, usually on Friday it's Cody corner time. Now, Cody will not be playing. Cody Bellinger will not be playing this weekend because the the Dodgers have a bye. And, but I just want to acknowledge that the Dodgers' first division game is Tuesday, October 11th. So you guys should also just prepare yourselves for a lot of Dodgers content coming back over the next this month. Is Hopefully. Baseball? This, is ba- mm. yeah, this is baseball. Hopefully a lot of Dodgers they content. Still, they still play baseball? They still play baseball. In fact, the, the that, that like, old-timey game? Yep. 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 Mm. They do. I don't know if you've heard. I'm a big fan of this team from L.A. The boys in blue. No, definitely not. However, interesting that you bring that up. This weekend, the Padres are playing the Mets in the wild card series, and the winner of that series plays the Dodgers. So this weekend, oh, yeah. I am a Padres fan. Oh, okay. Go you, you Padres. Wanna, you don't want to face the Mets. Sure do not. Go Padres. But, but isn't that like, admitting weakness like, I'm afraid of the Mets? Maybe a little bit, but I am, and I really want the Dodgers to win the World Series really, really badly. Uh, but I will say this about the Mets. I would rather potentially play them in a five-game series and the benefit the Dodgers have. The Mets are going to have to use their top pitchers this weekend because they need to get to the next round. And so then by the games one and two against the Dodgers, it probably won't be Scherzer to Grom. So that might be at the Dodgers' advantage. I've, Time lost, I've lost interest. Uh, okay, well, that's fine. Hopefully the rest <laughs> of you haven't. All right. but, but go. you know what the point of the story is? Go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Go Cody Ballinger. Go Mookie Betts. Go Dodgers all around. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Enjoy your week off. Rest up. Get those hammies all, all ready. And who are we talking about right now? The Dodgers. Oh, the, they they the off, right? like, yeah. They get like the weekend off. But yeah. But the if they get. Off. You know what? You're right. They end up with a full week off. And before I go, okay. So now that we got that out of the way, the next thing I need you to do is give me a game prediction for Sunday. Um. I mean, I just don't see the 49ers quite snapping out of their offensive funk. So I think this is um. Yeah, an Italian word is agita. Okay. You hear that in like mob uh, mob movies and stuff like that. It's like an angst, mm-hmm. a nervousness. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the 49ers are going to give everybody agita 
um, for a, a good stretch of this game as well. It's going to be tight uh, at halftime, but then they start to pull away and then the, the, the talent starts to take over. So I'm going to say 24-13. And I was going to say 24-10. Okay. But you know what? Just to make it a little different, I'm going to say 21-10. Oh, wow. Just to be crazy. Um, you guys, we are brought to you by Bet Online. We are brought to you by Fivo. Matt, as always, it was amazing having you on the show. Please tell everybody where they can find you on the Twitter. Um, just at Matt Barrows. And then um, I write for The Athletic. Um, you can you can read our work there. Thank you so much, you guys. We'll talk to you next time. Bye. All. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.